the bloody and brutal conflict between Indigenous Australians and Europeans in the first 140 years of British settlement has had little recognition by the Australian War Memorial. But change is afoot. Since taking over the helm of the War Memorial late last year, Labor statesman and former Defence Minister Kim Beasley has indicated his support for, make, for marking the frontier wars. So what will that look like as the institution undergoes a controversial half a billion dollar redevelopment? Kim Beasley is my guest in the Parliament House studio. Kim Beasley, lovely to have you on breakfast. It's, and it's lovely to see you again. And uh, it's exciting to be here. I am so privileged uh, being given this job uh, it, by the, uh, by, by the, well, by the War Memorial Council. They, they vote for the chair. And uh, I feel a deep sense of responsibility. We do have to have a proper recognition of the frontier conflict. Uh, now, that's how we do that is not yet settled because the curating committee will not be reformed and formed until next year. People sort of think this is around the corner. Unfortunately, it's not. All the additions to the memorial, which are huge, will be completed by 2028, and that's when we'll see the revised uh, um, display related to the frontier wars. I'm wary of it in this sense. It's not, from my point of view, going to be a satisfactory conclusion of the matter. We have to have the frontier wars depicted in every museum, in all the state museums and the Australian museum, and we have to uh, be prepared as we go through truth-telling processes to... uh, consult with different Aboriginal nations as to how they want massacres um, reflected, commemorated. Newcastle University's told us there's over 300 sites. So you actually have to do that in in this process. What I think we will do at the War Memorial is give the Aboriginal population the dignity of resistance. Mm. For years, we conned ourselves that there was no resistance. There was a hell of a resistance. Well, we were taught a fiction. Yeah, yeah. And there was a hell of a resistance, some of it exceptionally well organised. And uh, and there were many areas in the 19th century which were simply no go uh, for us. There are those who argue the Frontier Wars should be commemorated by another institution and there has been some resistance to the announcement about a shift of the War Memorial's commemoration. What do you Mm. say to those critics? How can we have a history of Australian wars without that? It's a simple question because we long since abandoned the idea that the War Memorial only depicted events from World War I uh, onwards. That's been abandoned. Well, if you do that, which we have comprehensively have, have uh, moved away from that. You have to have the frontier wars reflected in it because it is by that means we established ourselves. Former War Memorial Chairman Brendan Nelson and others on the War Memorial Council have also insisted in the past that the governing legislation doesn't allow for such commemoration. That's what we've been told for a long time. Yeah. What's, your, what's your response to that? A different legal interpretation. There was a legal interpretation at one point of time that said that, and then more recently we've had legal interpretations which said within the broad mandate you can do it. So there's no need to change anything? Well, I don't think so. 
Uh, I mean, I'm prepared to take advice on that. I've been in office a month and uh, I'm only being inducted this week. So uh, there's a lot more for me to learn and to learn from the people who are on the current council because I have been on the council before, but that was a long time ago. And the people on the current council are excellent people. And um, so I'll, I'll need to learn from them. But I think we're all committed to this. 2028, I think, is the, the yeah. year you said. Is that the first time we'll see the commemoration of the Frontier Wars in any sort of meaningful way at the War uh, Memorial? Well, uh, in a far better way. There is can, can there be work there before now. that? Can, can we see an acceleration on the way to 2028? Uh, I don't think so. Um, government gives us more money. Good, but I'm not sure. Are you calling for more money here? I'm not, I'm not I'm sure. sure Anthony Albanese is listening. I, 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 I think that's something I need to think about very hard. Mm. But um, the, uh, I don't think the government is actually of a frame to pass money around at the moment as they look at their, their budgetary position. So if 2028 is the time, mm. how significant will this exhibit... Be because that's the other question. You said it may not satisfy or, or be enough. It can't. But how can you? I suppose that's on you in some ways. In some ways, on me, but it's actually on the rest of us. Um, the the right place to get the breadth of it is at the museum, uh, the Australian Museum, and of course at the state museums, which they do in West Australia, the Bardet Museum, which is there now. Um, and it does appear, I think, in, in galleries, I haven't seen them, but in the Eastern States museums. But I think there's something more important to do. You've got to go to the sites. There's a massacre at Pinjarra and also a battle. And there is a site memorial there, which is very important to the Aboriginal people. That's what we need. It, it's... It, it, you can't just have one place of recognition. No, but the War Memorial is, is in it, fact, it, a very key place. School yes, groups go there. This yep. is a really oh, yeah. essential place of Absolutely. our education. So how key does it need to be in the broader exhibit there? Well, I, 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 firstly, I, I do think it, 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 the exhibition will acknowledge massacres, but it will, I think, and, and this has not been prepared, it's not been curated as yet and won't be started until next year. From my point of view, it's the resistance. And that is the War Memorial's ambit, style. It's the, the, the depiction of conflict. That, uh, and, and, and for most of us, that is the, the conflicts, the huge conflicts of the last century. And increasingly now, the conflicts of this century, and a lot of what is now being built is space to exhibit them as well as reform uh, a number of the other exhibits like this one. You mentioned truth-telling. Mm. The Uluru Statement from the Heart talks about truth-telling. It talks mm. about a voice to parliament. Yes. Do you think these things are all linked? Yes. And, and what is your assessment of the potential success of a voice if there continues to be opposition resistance to it? Uh, we, it this is a matter of simple courtesy. It's a lot of other things as well, but it's courtesy. There was a sovereignty here before us. The High Court has told us that in detail. And you've got a, uh, a, a request from that very representative group that says they want the voice. And, of course, there'll be some in disagreement or whatever. Who is unanimous? What society has unanimity about anything? But overwhelmingly preponderant. And they've not asked for any power for this body. They've asked for a capacity for visibility. 
and they get that capacity for visibility in their argument about things that we're doing from the voice. Now, I just regard that as courtesy. And everybody says, well, we've got to do this and that about the many heinous problems that do afflict the Aboriginal community. Well, of course. But when I last looked, we could chew gum and walk at the same time. But but you know the histories of referendums in this country. Mm. Usually you do need bipartisan support if you yes, look you at do. historical precedent. Yep. So are you worried about yep. this referendum? How worried? Oh, I, I think it'll pass. But I am worried about the possibility that we'll do something that seriously damages us. If this is not passed, I think we will be seriously damaged. And, In what uh, way? Well, the rest of the globe. I mean, we may not think that people take notice of what we do here. I'll learn one thing in America, and that is we are the poster child for many things. And we're becoming poster child for more things. We were poster child of how the right hated us for the gun laws that we put in place. But we've now become the poster child for democracy. So it's the Australian democracy that the people are advocating change in the United States most commonly refer to. We are... We are now a significant middle power with, uh, in, in a global world, certainly global information world, where everybody knows what you do and everybody knows the falsehoods about what you do and sometimes they think they're the truth. So we can't afford to lose this. So what will happen? And what, You mentioned Washington, you were the ambassador. How will mm. this be viewed internationally if this was to go down? Well, it would look as though we didn't care about the Aboriginal people. That um, more and more as the years have gone by, the issues related to that component of our population, which is Aboriginal, in so many different contexts, uh, not least recently, the fabulous reputation of Aboriginal art. It's all over the globe. Mm. I think it's fantastic. I used to try to explain to Americans that is not modern art, which they, which is what they automatically thought. Oh, gee, this is an interesting way of doing art. I no, that is about sixty thousand years old. <laughs> what you're looking at, and so, um, but they, they impact on the public mind in many places in different ways, and how we relate to them impacts on the public mind when race is discussed. So. It's not good. And Just, we're not, we're good people. We don't deserve to emerge from this with a tarnished reputation. Just a final question on AUKUS. And, you know, you've mm. for a long time been looking at the issues around defence. The government has reviewed Australia's defence capabilities. Do you think it'll show that we can defend ourselves against growing tension in our region? Uh, it'll be hard and uh, they'll have to put the money in. Um, we, we have not put money into defence for 25 years. And um, what's there will not be enough to do what the review says that we ought to do. But it certainly helps us to do that with the relationship we have with the US. There's another thing the US has discovered. The US now sees us as front line for all the time since the end of uh, World War II, really up to the Obama administration. Australia was reviewed, viewed as a backwater, particularly during the Cold War. Important things done with joint facilities, but basically our strategic perspective, I used to tell the Americans, 
that we had both had different perspectives on Asia. Theirs was east-west, and it went to Asia through the Confucian societies. Ours is north-south, so it went through the Muslim, Christian, Hindu, Buddhist societies, then to the Confucian societies. And so this was in an argument with them over the uh, Chinese Infrastructure Investment Bank, which we supported and they opposed. I said, you've got to understand that. See how we see the world strategically. And uh, now they do. And all those bases that I had put in place from the 87 white paper, they want them. And um, because they sit there as rational military people, look at it and say, oh, oh, that's where you fight from. So it's a complex picture that will emerge through AUKUS. Thank you so much for joining us, Kim Beasley. Good to chat to you, Patricia. Kim Beasley, the current chair of the Australian War Memorial and former US ambassador to Washington and Labor elder and statesman. Getting in touch with ABCRN is easy. Join the conversation live using the ABC Listen app's call and text features.